1: Good morning, we're the ones that didn't go away for the long weekend, true? I'm looking at my news feed this morning and I'm like, oh yep, those people are away, oh yep, those people are at the beach, those people are having fun and uh, can't believe we're already at the end of January, can you? We're already a month into a new decade, a new year, I kind of feel like this year's going to fly by and uh, we'll be back in December before we know it true? As I was reflecting, I was, um, found myself thinking about, okay, we're in a new year and a new decade, and I've got such a sense that, that it's going to be a really significant decade for us uh, as a church, as us as a nation, uh, and, and here on this earth. And it got me thinking about, you know, what has happened in the last hundred years that we now take for granted? And so I, I did some research. Let me share some things. Because life looks a bit differently today than it looked like 100 years ago. Do you know, 100 years ago, the world was mopping up from World War I? It had not long finished, and buildings were being restored. People were coming back into normal life. Things were being reestablished. Buildings were being reestablished. People were finding a new rhythm in life. At that time, 100 years ago, The Eiffel Tower was the biggest, tallest building in the world. Now, we know that it has been far exceeded now, don't we? You know, young people weren't called teenagers. I found that really interesting. Not until the 1940s was there a generation of people that they called teenagers. Like, we just take that for granted now, don't we? Do you know only 19% of 15 to 18-year-olds would actually go to secondary school? A hundred years ago, 19%. And of that 19%, only 9% ever graduated. Wow. Model T cars were the popular mode of transport. But you know what? People were still getting around in the cities with trams and there was still horse and cart being operational. Again, not something that I can imagine. The only movies you could watch were silent. And The Zipper, you know... Everyday zipper that we use on all sorts of stuff was only just being invented. That was 100 years ago. Stuff we now take for granted. And then it got me thinking, okay, in the last 10 years, what things that we now see as everyday and that we take for granted didn't exist even 10 years ago. Well, I wouldn't be able to preach off my iPad 10 years ago because it didn't, wasn't released until, until 2010. How many of us have an iPad? Yeah, exactly. Do you know, uh, Instagram hadn't been launched yet. Uber didn't exist. So you could hail a taxi, but there was no such thing as an Uber. Airbnb, come on, how many people book Airbnbs to go on holidays now? Didn't exist. Wasn't even happening. Netflix, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> How many of us are watching Netflix on a daily basis, spending hours and hours getting absorbed in shows? Netflix didn't exist 10 years ago. The Marvel movies had only just started to be released. We didn't know it was all just starting to unwind. The stories were just starting to get unpacked. Apple Watches didn't exist until 2014. Again, how many of us are walking around with an Apple Watch on our wrist these days? And those of you that are tech savvy, there was no Siri 10 years ago. You couldn't go, hey Siri, find me this, or hey Siri, call this person. You know, the world, uh, and now my hey Siri is coming up. (laughs) The one time it actually works for me. It's very funny. But the rate of change, it didn't give me any answers. So, you know, it wasn't encouraging me or saying anything beneficial. But how quick does the world go by? You know, things that we take as everyday things that we all know about. Now, 10 years ago, we didn't even know about. We didn't even realise that we would benefit from them. We didn't know the hours and hours of entertainment or time-wasting we would have from things like Instagram and Netflix and all those sort of things because we didn't even know that that could be a thing. And I think sometimes we can find ourselves as we're looking into the future, we're we're looking into, hey, God, what does that next step look for me, this new decade, what could that even be? I don't think we can even begin to imagine. Because this time in 10 years, we'll be looking back and going, I can't believe in 2020 we didn't know about this. We hadn't experienced that. But we take it for granted. We can take things for granted. But it can be really um, overwhelming sometimes too. And it can make us feel like we're being left behind. Um, And, you know, we don't always know what the future looks like. You know, I said I've got this sense that this next decade is going to be one of significance. But I don't know each step of what that could even look like. You know, I, I don't know what that could look like. I just have this sense that, that God is up to something, that, that we're going to see him move in ways we haven't seen him move before, that there are going to be people coming into his kingdom that don't know him yet. We're going to have a whole generation of people that are born that aren't walking the earth yet in the next 10 years. We're going to have leaders rise up that are just in our children's ministry and are going to be leading departments in our church over the next, next 10 years kids that we've seen grown from when they have been born will be our next leaders and that is exciting but for some of us it can be like well where do I fit in that what does that look like for me and there can be this pressure well what if I miss out can't it You know, the older that we get, the more that we can see other stuff happening and we're like, oh, I wish I could be part of that, but I'm too old to do that now. I remember growing up in church and always being the youngest and now I'm in church here and I'm no longer the youngest and there's part of me at times that's like, wow, did I waste some of those years? Because I'm getting old. And my husband is the loudest one going, yup. yep. But you know what, we can only do the best with what we can do now. We can't go back in time. Hindsight can be this beautiful thing that we have and we look back and go, if I knew now what I knew then, Oh, knew, no, that doesn't make sense. If I know now, if I knew then what I know now, right, we're there. I've only had one coffee this morning, you've got to bear with me, Um, that I would do things differently. And there's, you know, so many situations in our lives that, that we can say that about. But the fact of the matter is we did the best with what we knew at that time. Some of us made good decisions. Others of us made decisions that, you know, weren't so great. But we can take what we learnt in those previous seasons and take it into our future. You know, the one thing that hasn't changed over all our time is Jesus. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And this morning I want to open up Matthew 4 where Jesus is calling his disciples. If you've got your Bibles, your iPads, your phones, why don't you open it up, Matthew 4, 18 to 22, otherwise it's going to be on the screen for you. And it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, "'Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people.' And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw another two brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind." You know, there's three things that I see in this scripture that I think we can take into this next year and this next decade that we see demonstrated here. The first thing is this. It takes willingness. It takes willingness. We read two stories of two brothers that were just going about there every day. Jesus walks past them and says, Hey, come follow me. And they willingly said yes. Jesus didn't stand there with 100 points of why they should follow him. They didn't jump on Instagram, take an Instagram poll to see whether or not they should follow him or not. They didn't phone a friend and say, hey, I've been given this opportunity. Jesus has said I should follow him. What do you reckon? They simply were willing to follow him. There was a willingness in their spirit to say, you know what? I don't know what it looks like but I reckon I'm in for a journey. Let's go. They weren't cultured or highly esteemed. They were fishermen. Both of them, both sets of brothers, were out doing what they normally do at their boats. They wouldn't have smelt nice. Come on, fish stink. So, you know, they weren't attractive in their smell. I'm sure they were in their fisherman's gear. You know, again, they weren't in their best of their best. They didn't have their lives all together. They didn't present nicely. They were just doing what they were doing and they had an interaction with Jesus and a willingness to say, "Hey, you know what? No worries." You know, they were interrupted. They just I don't know if they got up that morning knowing that Jesus was going to come and speak to them. So they were interrupted kind of came left of field. They certainly didn't know all the info. If they had, they may not have followed him so willingly. If they knew what life was going to look like. But they responded immediately. They were willing to be part of all God had for them without knowing exactly what that was going to look like. I love the scripture in Psalm fifty-one, twelve, that says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. There needs to be a willingness in us that when God comes to us and speaks to us, that we are willing to go on the journey with him. God is looking for our willingness to embrace what he has for us without asking all the questions all the time. Without hesitation, without having to phone a friend, but responding with willingness to what he comes to us with. So what does this look like? Listening to his voice and responding. You know, you could open your Bible even this afternoon when you go home and read something and the Holy Spirit might come and say, hey, just want to work on this little area. Instead of us immediately, our our initial reaction is probably to go, not ready, God. But going, okay, I don't know what that looks like, God. I don't know what that journey is going to be like, but I'm willing to go on that journey with you. He'll never come to bring greater harm to us. He always comes to redeem. Always comes to redeem things. And so while there can be some... Tough times we have to walk through. God is the one that can redeem those times for us. It means being willing to embrace new experiences. You know, I knew as a teenager that God had called me to do something for him, but I didn't know that that would mean standing on this stage on Australia Day 2020, preaching to this congregation. Because God didn't reveal all of that to me in the moment that he called me. You know, I remember really clearly being in um, a a service once and God just saying, hey, I've marked you. I've called you. I've got things for you. And there being a willingness in me going, okay, God, don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to say yes. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be fearful. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to go, I don't know what you're doing sometimes, God. But it means going, okay, I've got a willingness to follow you, whatever that means. And I love that that was the experience of the disciples. The second thing I, I see in this is it takes courage. It takes courage. It takes courage to follow God. Does it not? You know, we are really blessed in this country to not have persecution like other countries. But it still takes courage to follow Him, to choose Him, to walk with Him, you know, that we read here that the disciples left the security of all they knew behind. God's, you know, Jesus walks past and says, Come on, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They knew what it was like to fish in the ocean, but they didn't know what that meant. So it took courage for them to step away from their safety zone the things that they knew how to do, the things that they had um, skills to do. You know, they wouldn't have been fishermen if they couldn't catch fish. So they're obviously good at being fishermen. The safety nets that they had of of the predictability of their days and their weeks probably, you know, there was a real safety net in what they did, but they were willing to step away from that. They stepped away from their jobs. They stepped away from their family. You know, we read that Zebedee was in the boat with his sons and his sons followed Jesus and Zebedee's left in the boat. Like his boys were fixing the net and then he had to take it on. Come on, parents, we all know what that's like sometimes. Our kids get a better offer and off they go. But they, they left the familiar and they embraced everything that Jesus had for them. They had courage. They had courage to follow the voice of God even when they didn't have the details. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the determination to leave the security of what we know and choose to move forward despite of our fear. Courage doesn't mean we're not fearful. It means we keep moving despite of fear. doesn't mean that we're not apprehensive. It's like, okay, I'm going to move forward anyway. I'm going to go on this journey anyway. Psalm twenty seven fourteen. Here's what I've learned through it all don't give up, don't be impatient, be entwined as one with the Lord, be brave and courageous and never lose hope, yes keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you and then Joshua 1.9, this is my command, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, they had courage because God was with them. Jesus was with them. We can walk with courage too because he walks every day with us as well. He doesn't say, hey, come follow me, but I'm just going to let you work it out on your own. When we enter into relationship with Jesus, you know, we have the Holy Spirit that walks each day with us. We're not left alone. We can walk with courage, despite of fear, because he walks with us. We're not abandoned. He doesn't go, well, I want you to do this, but I'm just going to sit back, just watch you do it all by yourself. No, it's by his strength. It's in his, As we look to him, we can't do stuff on our own. We can't. We try. I try. And then I wonder why things fail. And God's like, hey, I wanted you to do that with me. So how about we try that again? Have we all been there? Got to be courageous. It takes courage. And the third thing is it takes trust. Just because we've experienced people in our life that we can't trust doesn't mean that we can't trust God. I know it's difficult. Man, it's a journey that I'm continually on with God. We can take our earthly relationships and we can look at and name most occasions of where trust has been broken. We can give God our whole list of, well, this is the reason I can't trust you, God, because when I trusted that person, they let me down. When I trusted that person, they broke my heart. When I trusted that person, this happened. But God's not like that. He's the ultimate example of love because he is love and he can be trusted. But he's not there pushing us in that. He's so gentle because he's such a gentleman that he'll come in and go, "Hey, I want to do this with you. Will you come on the journey with me? Will you come follow me?" And all it takes is our willingness, bit of courage, probably a deep breath. All right, God, and then we trust him. He's not there to break our hearts. He's not there to put us in situations that are going to harm us on purpose. He's not. He's not like those relationships that have broken us, that have hurt us. He can be trusted. But we have to be willing to say, all right, God, I've had my heart broken before. I've had people that I've trusted that have let me down before. But all right, I'm going to take this little step. And then when we see that he can be trusted in that, okay, God, I'm going to take another little step with you. It's just little steps. One step at a time. Trust is not knowing everything, but it's choosing to trust despite not knowing at all. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. It's one of my life verses. But have you picked up what God says in this? For I, this is God speaking, I know the plans I have for you. Not, hey Sarah, you know the plans. No, he knows the plans. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And then what are those plans? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. That takes trust. Doesn't mean that we're going to know all the story. Doesn't mean we're going to know all the journey. But it means that he knows. And so as I'm connected to him, as I have a willingness to follow him, as I have courage to walk forward with him, and then I trust him, that we can go on a journey together even though I don't know it all. One of the biggest enemies of our faith relationship is that we think we know and can do it better than God because we trust ourselves over God. Well, God, the only person I can trust is me because if I stuff up, well, it's my own fault. Come on, so many of us put up barriers when it comes to God, taking on the hurt of earthly relationships that we've had. Where God just wants to come and bring a redemption and bring love and bring healing to that and prove himself worthy of being trusted. His word says he's worthy to be trusted. We read example after example after example in the word of God where he was trusted and what happened as a result of that but the choice is ours he doesn't force us but he's constantly there going hey come on let's do this together hey come on would you trust me hey when I come to you and say hey could you go and speak to that person over there I just want them to know that I'm loved would we be obedient to that Would we have a willingness to say, yeah, okay. Terrified, God, but taking my deep breath and I'm going to take the step. Because you say that you're going to be with me. You say that I'm not going to do it on my own. You say as I rely on you that you will never fail, that you will never leave me. God, and even when I mess it up, even when I fail, God, you're going to pull me up. You're going to be there with me. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Tim, could you come please? He will show you which path to take. Don't be overwhelmed with what the future looks like. Just rely on God and he will direct the path. He may not come with the level of clarity that you want with the 15 steps of how to get there. But he'll show you the first step. Sometimes the first step is all we need to get going. Let's not be people this year and this decade that hold back from embracing all that God has for us. And that can be in a whole different range of things that take place. You know, for some of us, we need to allow ourselves to enter into a relationship with Him that is far deeper and far more intimate than we've ever allowed Him to be in our lives. For others of us, there are callings and purposes and opportunities that He's going to lay before you that seem too big for you, and they would be if you did them by yourself. But with Him, you'll be able to do it. All it takes is that first step. For some of you, you felt your relationship with God has been really dry. And that's not what He wants. He wants to bring a refreshing and a renewing to your life. You know, some of you have uh, walked journeys these past 10 years that have been almost unbearable. And you've got to this place where you feel like, God, I don't know how I haven't broken, but I'm like crawling into church each week. I'm crawling out of bed each day. And God just wants to come and just let you know, hey, I'm here. Hey, you don't have to do it by yourself. Hey, when you can't, I can. Our church name is Resound Church. We didn't just change the name of the church because it was a good idea. No, it was a God idea. Do you know what the meaning of resound is? To feel or echo throughout. To be much talked of. To sing the praises of. To be renowned. To produce a sonorous or echoing sound. To extol loudly or widely. The resounding sound from this church and our lives should be one that brings glory to Him. It's not about us. It's all about Him. But He invites us in on this journey to do it with Him. So we can do far more with Him than we can do without Him. We are to make His name famous. Does that mean we need to be perfect? Absolutely not. And Trent spoke about that before. But it means we need to have a willingness. means we need to have courage. And it means we need to trust Him. We want His name glorified. We want His purposes outworked on this earth. We want people to know that they don't have to do life without Him. That they can do it with Him. So we don't know what the future holds. But we know we have security in knowing the One who does. So let's walk into this next year and decade with Jesus, with a willingness, with courage and with trust. Let's close our eyes. God, I thank you that you are with us, that you are for us. God, that all it takes sometimes is our willingness to say yes, takes the courage to step and move forward despite our fear. God, and takes trust in You. And I just pray for every person in this congregation this morning, God, that as You are speaking to them, as You're saying, Hey, come, come follow me. Lord, that we would have a willingness and a posture, Lord, to trust You in that. Walk with us each day. God, when situations seem unbearable, help us. When we think we can't, Lord, we, we, we believe that you can take our hand and walk with us and help us through that. Lord, I just pray each one of us would develop in our relationship with you. Each one of us over this next 12 months and 10 years, God, would know what it is to have a deeper and more intimate relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,
0: Amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.